Georgia Tech's journey to Blacksburg, Virginia to face the Virginia Tech Hokies in what the kids call the Tech Bowl Bowl. The Georgia Tech head coach, Brent Key, hoped to find the key to victory against the Hokies. And the Virginia Tech head coach, Brent Pry, hoped to pry the victory from the Jackets. The Jackets jumped out to a 10-0 lead in the first quarter and looked to be in control of the clash. The hard-nosed Hokies had other ideas as they scored three straight touchdowns to open the second quarter. The Hokies' third touchdown was a nifty and nimble 90-yard punt return, leaving the Georgia Tech defenders desperately grasping air, and Lane Stadium felt the spirit of Beamer Ball had returned to the Hokies. The Jagged Jackets found two timely field goals to tighten the tussle to 20-16. to The Virginia Tech defense denied and dogged the Jackets quarterback all game long and forced him into throwing a pick six, giving the Hokies a decisive and dominating 27-16 lead at the end of the third quarter. Coach Key kept the Jackets joined after the disjointed, disappointing play. The Yellow Jackets jostled and jockeyed their way in the game and jolted the Hokies defense with a 56-yard touchdown pass to cut the Hokies lead to 27-22. An ill-time interception tossed by the Hokies QB kept the Jackets in the contest. The Jackets then juggled and journeyed to the end zone to juxtapose the scoreboard with a 28-27 Georgia Tech lead with 3 minutes and 30 seconds left in the game. The Hokies had one last chance, but they failed and fumbled away their fortunes on the final possession. Georgia Tech 28, Virginia Tech 27. Welcome everyone to the Sickos Committee Podcast. This is our recap of week number 10 in college football. I'm Jordan. Tonight I'm the VP of being so incredibly tired because my kid woke up during daylight savings time or whatever regular time this is now, real time we'll call it, I guess. <laughs> With me tonight, as always, Commissioner Escalante and our special guest, Pit Girl. Pit Girl, how are you doing? I am good. I was in Massachusetts this morning, but I have returned to my natural habitat, so that's a good thing. Kamish, how was your weekend? It was good. We did, um, we watched a lot of football, and then today we did some, I think we, we got to go to like Six Flags. And oh, it, yeah. was, um, it was something for like another company that I don't work for. So we got mm-hmm. passes that way. So we snuck in. That was great. They closed the park. So it was just like a, a private thing for just these people at the company. You'd walk in and they'd be like, get flu shots here. Check your benefits over here for this company. Take a picture here. Completely ignored all that stuff. So uh, my kiddo got to ride his first roller coaster, which was fantastic. Something called the Streamliner. He yeah. loved it so much that he was like, let's let's go again. I mean, we went like two or three times on that ride, along with all the other stuff. Uh, I I won him. Uh, you know, I did some physical feats here. I I, course, I won like him. I, I won him a Batman soccer ball, like a, nice. a totally blacked out Batman soccer ball. You had to score like like six goals. I'm sorry, five goals out of six uh, mm-hmm. on this like moving thing, whatever, mm-hmm. like in the carnival game style and. You know, I hit the first one off the post, but then I, I sank five straight, and I didn't pull a hamstring. So nice. There that, you go. That's a win, and the kiddo got the ball he wanted. So it was it was a big win, winning weekend. The idea of getting a flu shot at Fiesta Texas like scares the living crap out of me because I remember Fiesta Texas <laughs> back in the day before it was oh. Six Flags even. Yes. Like when the old Rattler roller coaster was there, uh, Picker, I don't know if you know, the old Rattler was this wooden monstrosity that they built on top of like this. Fiesta Texas is built into like a canyon wall. It's in a quarry. Mm-hmm. And the, the ride itself, the old Rattler is this wooden coaster that went like through the canyon and like through the wall. It's great. Yes. But it was built on site and sort of eyeballed in a couple spots. 
So the amount of whiplash oh, and yes. injuries on this coaster were insane. They've replaced it with a with a wooden steel coaster now, which is still really good. Okay, like. yeah. but it's, but it's, the ori- the original Rattler was was punishment. So I got to I got to ride. Those the are the best Rattler. ones, though. Like my favorite. Ride- I got to ride the original Rattler, which was great. And then uh, if you're going to talk about Kennywood, Pit Girl, I, I've been there many, many times, too. So <laughs> I'm I actually never went to Penny, Kennywood. It's funny. I was going to talk about Hershey Park. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, so I'm from, I'm from Central PA, right? So, like, I, despite having being Pit Girl and having spent my college years in Pittsburgh, I never went to Kennywood. But I spent two summers working at Dutch Wonderland, which is That's like the a one. very I couldn't, couldn't re- I couldn't remember which one you which one it was. Dutch Wonderland. Yes, I worked at Dutch Wonderland, but the best roller coaster is the Comet at Hershey Park, which is the old wooden roller coaster, and it's still radly as hell. Like ten out of ten, recommend. Also, shout out to the Super Duper Looper, which is still operating and was the first looping roller coaster on the East Coast. It has one loop, and it was a big deal back in the day. I looked at some of these rides, and I see like there's like the Batman's Revenge, and you're just like flipping. Mm-hmm. flipping 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 like you're in this weird like shape of the batman like symbol itself and oh yeah just, it has, like, it has like, the half the half the whole, corkscrews everything yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah i mean you're flipping everywhere there's one there was one uh where it's just like this whole thing will just put you in like a plane and you'll just spin around like a propeller like not Ooh. really get even off the ground i forgot yeah. what that was called i was like no i'm not gonna do that to myself i it's just like no um i'm not gonna subject my body to this i don't think my body can handle it right now just, just look at the sign back nope i've got i've got back injuries i have heart oh issues I'm, pr- yeah. I'm probably pregnant like i just can't do that like, i'm not doing this <laughs> i had i looked at those signs i was like yeah uh no no oh. but i did the the kid coaster that i rode with the yeah. kiddo guys i i bit the bullet i bought the bucky uh i i we're heading down to houston this weekend stopped at bucky's like you do and they had a six foot tall inflatable Christmas Bucky. Yes. For 60 bucks. Yes. I posted on Twitter, should I get this? And the world screamed at me, yes. So on the way home, I bought one. So, I'll I mean, post pictures of it when I get it back up. I told you, like, I would Venmo you money to buy me one too. But Dude, you you're, know, uh, that's, didn't that's fine. Dude, it's fine. I again, I live near a Bucky's. I have, like, my in my on my old job, I used to drive past the Bucky's every single day, and that was the best part because I went in the very first day. So there's a picture of me somewhere, like in my like band director clothes, hugging like the giant Bucky at like 5 a.m. I was like the fir- like fourth customer in the door. It was great. Imagine yeah. living near a Bucky's. It's great. Imagine being a regular at a Bucky's. I'll post pictures when I get my giant six foot Bucky up, like. It lights up. It's 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 amazing. I'm so happy. <laughs> so let's start talking about week 10. The first thing we want to talk about is UMass UConn because Pit Girl, you were there. I was there. I was there. It was delightful. It was great. My dad and I went and we deliberately showed up early so we could wander around and tailgate and get the vibe. And there were significantly more people tailgating than I expected, which was yeah. awesome. Lots of people with flags, lots of people hanging out doing the tailgate thing there were a lot of like peewee football players running around in their jerseys not sure what was going on with that but it was cool 
we walked around because we drove in and there was someone right by the main drag driving in that had a big Auburn flag flying. And as, as the regular listeners of the podcast know, I am an ancestral Auburn fan. So my dad was immediately like, we have to go talk to these people. So yeah. we park and we walk over <laughs> and we say hi to the people with the Auburn flag. And it turns out the, that the guy went to UConn, but his wife was an Auburn fan and he had agreed that he was going to fly the Auburn flag. Right. So we go and talk to this guy and then we walk around and on the way back out to where our car was, we walk past a Yukon, the Yukonbulance, decommissioned ambulance, painted up, covered in Yukon stuff. 10 awesome. out of 10, A plus quality. That. It yes. was incredible. I wish I had talked to those people, but even just seeing the ambulance was great. Mm-hmm. There was also somebody with a decommissioned school bus. Lots of people in other schools' gears also, which makes sense. I feel like if you're a Yukon fan, you probably have a secondary team. Yeah, probably. Uh, several Auburn fans talked to two or two Auburn fans talked to both of them, including the guy with the flag. Saw Clemson flag, saw some Florida gear, saw some Penn State people, saw some Ohio State people. I was wearing my pit hoodie because it got cold. Got more comments on that than I expected, but that kind of makes sense because I'm young enough that I don't remember Big East basketball, but I know that right. that used yeah. to be a thing. Yeah. yeah. Um it was great. It was great. It was absolutely delightful. And met up with a fellow sicko. Shout out to Kume and Sybil. Sorry if I'm pronouncing your screen name wrong. Uh, she very kindly gave me a sad husky sign, which I have in my bag. Uh, and I took it home <laughs> That's with so me. good. That's awesome. <laughs> did, you, uh, did you hit up the Cabela's? How did you see? I did not hit up oh. the Cabela's. We came around the other side. Oh. I also didn't see the decommissioned um, air traffic control tower, unfortunately, because I think that's on the side towards the Cabela's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you missed yeah. all the sites. Yeah, the rent has the, the rent has sites all nearby. <laughs> I'm I, so mad I couldn't go. I am so the mad. rent's actually very but, nice. Yeah. Like it's a very nice facility. It's much nicer than Akron Stadium, and Akron Stadium was built more recently. There's that's the only other one I have to compare it to because like Pitt plays at Heinz Field, so that's not the same. That's yeah, it's a weird one. Yeah, I was. I was super excited for this game. I, I like I watched almost the whole thing or was listening to it on the way as I was driving down. UConn did something I haven't seen them do in a long time. They played a team that wasn't as good and they just beat them. Yep. Yep. That was that was super great. Like I just I was so happy for them. Yeah, they did very well. UMass, I mean, UMass put up a little bit of a fight. They absolutely sure. should have gone for it on fourth down in the like early fourth late third early fourth quarter and they got for the they absolutely got what they deserved for not going for it and missing the field goal like that was that was the thing where i was sitting there like umass come on i had a lot of fun on twitter which i mean you were at the game jordan was driving at the time and um i i I was the one manning the account and and you know the beginning we posted the graphic for the u game and everybody was just like, well, that's not what this game is called. And I'm like, well, you know, we have we have UConn fans uh, in our Discord. They're like, this was like historically known as the U game. It's it's mm-hmm. UConn versus UMass. So like the U game. So we we decided to uh, make a graphic, and Jordan went with the the classic Miami U and made it into the UConn and UMass colors. Uh, so after I posted that first one and I saw everybody's replies were like, that's not what it's called. I, I decided to uh, lean into it a little bit. It was great. And, and, it was and just, so good. Just, just continue, just continue, just not acknowledging what they were trying to call it. I, I made a really bad Photoshop of like what it was called and rearranged the logos to make it the UMC game. It was so uh, good. I, I <laughs> no, it was continued so good. to do that. And 
I just everybody like I swear there were like replies that like 40 times just referred it to what they wanted me to say. And I was like, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. And then like some are like, well, I know this is a PG account. I'm like, well, uh, is the sickles account PG? I was like, we don't really cuss. <laughs> we don't we don't really cuss much on Twitter. But I mean, we don't feel the need to cuss much. But I, I was having a lot of fun in this game. It was a great game. I watched the entire thing. You know, UConn, they were struggling a little bit and, and UMass was fighting. Like UMass, <laughs> they averaged 78 yards passing every game this year was, and they, was insane. They, had, they had like 155 yards passing. yeah yeah this game was much more competitive than it had any right to be and i was very glad to see that as someone that was at that game but umass still sort of like they looked like they were ve- so command civil was sitting next to someone who was apparently a very dedicated umass fan who was getting very angry throughout the game we had a whole conversation about this during halftime mm-hmm. okay. and having watched the game i sort of get it because umass was very very close to looking like an actual football team yeah. throughout most of this game but just not quite there and if i was invested in in umass i would feel that way too yeah, there was a part in the game where, like, UMass had the great play dialed up, and they threw it right on like second down. It was like it would it would pick up a first down. The UMass receiver dropped it. Uh, then the next play, perfect like coverage beater. The quarterback throws it right there, and the UMass receiver slips and falls. Uh, and then they have to punt. And I'm like, ugh. It was just like something. It kind of reminded me of when I was at the New Mexico State FIU game. Like New Mexico was drawing, uh, New Mexico State was drawing up the plays to like get the people open, and like either the quarterback couldn't get the ball to him, or when that happened, like that that's kind of frustrating. Like you say, hey, the plays are working, but they don't right, have. Right, right. Like, I mean, you feel bad for the kids, and, and you know, like that one that dropped the pass, like he had the big catches earlier, so it's just like, oh, to have like a diehard UMass fan in the stands, which is great. I'm sure he hates losing this game. Just glad Pit Girl was able to attend and got to experience the the key jingling on third down. Yes, yes. That was something that I learned attending this game. Uh, UConn fans shake their keys on third down, and there's a whole graphic that they put up on the scoreboard, too. I tried to get a picture <laughs> of it, but I kept missing it. It's like, shake your keys because it's a key play. And so okay, they cheer okay. and they do all of the, like, get loud thing, but everybody's shaking their, chi- their keys and it's all tinkly. Um, it's, it's delightful. Um, <laughs> very very silly like it's it's one of those things that i love about college football because it's like objectively silly but it's also great and like i'm sure you can't uconn fans really are invested in love this thing that they do mm-hmm. 10 out of 10 a plus high quality um also worth noting that command Sybil said that one of the guys behind her when she came in with like the sicko head was like sicko's mm-hmm. game of the week when she came in with the signs so there we go people right, know about us branding, we're popular coming. we're getting popular here I'm also going to say, by the way, UMass ended up with 266 passing yards in that game. That that, so, that, that tripled so, like, their blew up. season average. Yes, that tripled they their had, season average. UMass had more yards than UConn. 411 yards. That's bonkers. That's a lot. That's they a lot of yards. Ball. They were moving they were. the ball. They just couldn't cash it in. Yeah, that yeah. was basically because – so 411 yards, but minus 11 EPA. So – they had the yards. The yards just weren't meaningful yard. Like the yards weren't mm. getting them towards where they need to go. Both teams look good. UConn is one game away from bowl eligibility, which is absolutely mind blowing. And after I saw Army this weekend, I'm convinced that that's the one. 
I, I want him to do it against Liberty, but you know, uh, that may be tough. Oh, me too. Um, oh, me too. Oh, we would, we'd love it. We're going to root hard for it. And if it uh, does, we're going to, oh, we're never going to stop talking about it. Like, like last year that, uh, you know, ULM beat Liberty as a, a 33 point underdog. We will never forget something like that. So you, you said you had some other stuff about you had a beer at the game, like a, a craft specific beer. Yes. yes. Yeah. There are two different Yukon specific craft beers. I only had one of them. Okay. Uh, two Roads Brewing in Conne- somewhere in Connecticut is excellent. Um, and they make a Yukon specific beer there. It is called Tucon. It has excellent graphic design on the can and it's sort of a light like football beer and it was great. Uh, strongly recommend, strongly recommend Two Roads Broadly. My airport beer today was also from Two Roads. Nice. 10 out of 10. And ran into some Auburn fans on my flight back to Baltimore too. Uh, Auburn fans are everywhere. I, I'm going to, I'm <laughs> going to use, I'm going to use this next story. So we do our next thing on here. I was okay. in Houston and I saw a guy in a two lane hoodie, uh, no, a two lane Jersey, like at a park where my kid was playing and their kids were playing. And I was like, Hey, roll wave, like great year. This is great. He goes, are you with the two lane? I was like, no, I'm just a huge <laughs> fan. And I have more two lane gear than probably any other school at this moment. Tulane has gotten screwed out of game day because ESPN hates fun. Tulane looked so good. This like like Tulane did their job. Took out Tulsa. It was great. And why they're going the game day is going to Texas TCU, which I have lots of feelings about, and none of them are positive. I am wearing a TCU shirt right now, which yeah. makes me feel bad anyways. <laughs> because that has been a heart bad game for Texas historically. But more importantly on this side, go to New Orleans, guys. Like, like, how is this? Drives me crazy. Best thing we found was that the last time that Tulane hosted two AP ranked teams was 1949. And my favorite headline of the North Baton Rouge Journal is Soviets open three front, quote, Cold War, unquote, offensive. That sort of tells you where things were in 1949. It's, it's been a, it's been a while. So it's been a um, while. That was the last time that happened. And I mean, I really, I. Just, just knowing Tulane in and out, essentially, and like I didn't attend, but I, I, I have attended way too many Tulane events in my lifetime. Just growing up in New Orleans, uh, it, it would have been amazing for the the school. But I mean, like I, I'm looking at the school, like there's like 6,600 undergrads, um, yeah. and campus is is really kind of small and nestled. I mean, Newman Stadium's only like holds like 30,000 uh, on campus. So like being the logistic aspect of it uh espn not going there and you want to go to like you know texas stadium again you know dkr hundred thousand fans undefeated tcu it yeah you're gonna make that choice but again if we had our own game day we would definitely make the other choice i know yeah i know the bear chris falica and stanford steve on their podcast where they they were you know basically leaning hard for tulane ucf and I mean, the the bear keeps shouting us out on college game day, which we appreciate it. I mean, he even so bet good. the sickos game of the week, and he got it right. He, he got it right. He took he took uh you know Georgia Tech plus the three and a half, and he got it correct. So shout out bear and Stanford Steve, we appreciate that. But yeah, they were all on that side, and then I guess I I'm gonna say that the suits above like Reese Davis and and all the other guys, yeah, because because I'm like, gonna guess that they wouldn't want like like they're. As as much shit as they catch for a lot of things, they like a good storyline, and this is a good storyline. Mm-hmm. Like yes. this, this definitely feels like above that. Which 
Like, if they wanted to fig- figure the logistics out for a small urban school, they'd figure it out. They did game day in Times Square once. Like, yeah, for Christ's like, sake. Like, that's... They'll oh, no. figure it out. Like, oh, they would be able to figure it out. There's plenty of spots to lane campus to do it. Yeah. I mean, big time. But, like, you know, I'm just doing, like, the suit brain. Yeah. Like, Ugh. the producer brain. And, I mean, it would have been beautiful. Like, there's, like, oak mm-hmm. trees all over the campus. Tulane's campus is, is like, amazing. It's, like, one of those... It, it feels... It it really does feel like, you know, very, very Southern, very New Orleanian. It it would be amazing uh, to have it there. I I wish, you know, Tulane would have got the shot because this would have been a great, great chance for it. This would have have been a great one. I'm I'm bummed out, uh, bummed for the Tulane fans, bummed for Fear the Wave and everything like that. You know, maybe they'll get their due at some point later on this year for something. So hopefully. Uh, Yeah, it's called it's called the Cotton Bowl. I'm waiting for that. Oh, okay. I'm waiting for that. Uh, uh, I'll I'll raise you one. Oh, Tulane LSU Sugar Bowl. That's so. That's the other one. That that <laughs> one. That one is so spicy. So Ooh. spicy. So another great game. One that one that I was so conflicted about. Rice beat UTEP. It was a great game. They both teams held it close. I couldn't pick. I couldn't pick a favorite here because both teams sort of needed this. Like bowl was hinging on both of these things. I will say that I had lunch with a Rice professor on. Uh, Saturday and I'd mentioned like oh like this is you know this is something that like is happening she goes I I literally had no idea that the team was any good this year I was like I know no one does it's wonderful <laughs> I'm enjoying low-key spicy rice yes Z- zesty rice zesty rice wild yeah. rice, rice. Wild, ooh, right. wild rice wild rice <laughs> wild rice wild rice is the other girl in Houston I dated <laughs> not, not dirty rice there's, there's dirty rice and wild rice uh, UTEP's QB goes down hurt, sucks for them, and also doesn't bode well going forward. I'm not sure if he's going to be out for long, but it looked rough. And then Detmer Darling, TJ McMahon with some heroics. Seriously, like the game, it was 30-30. And I mean, they're at like, I think the 25 of of UTEP. And it's like 20 seconds left. And then Rice was just like, whatever. We're throwing it in the corner of the end zone. Touchdown, win. And I'm like, what? Like, I expected them to settle for the field goal. So, I mean, the heroics of going for it, it's heartbreaking for UTEP in the Bowbound Express, which is essentially on life support at this point. They have to beat yeah. FIU, and then they have to come to San Antonio and beat the Roadrunners in the, the last game That's of the year. The one. So, I mean, they got to get past FIU. FIU is feisty. Yeah. Um, so, not, who knows? Not, not, the, not, this week, not this week they weren't. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Oh, yeah. But, you know, they, the old man took it to them. So, the old man know, got like, him. Oh, man, with the the flying worm helmets. TJ McMahon went 21 for 31, 334 yards, two two TDs, one interception for a single game depth of 1.25. Like, that's what we want to see. He averaged 10 yards per play on passing, and it was great. God bless. Bryce is low-key a lot of fun. And again, you want to talk about a campus that's beautiful and like nestled into like Houston? Like that is, I we were driving past there, drove through it. One of the, the churches at the Baptist event was like right nearby, and it's just I forget how beautiful that campus is. It really is nice. Duke beat BC. <laughs> Duke is eligible, bull eligible. That's like that's the top story here. Boston College is doing something. They were a little feisty in this game. It was some late points that that like made it look a little closer, but 
Oh, yeah, BC, I I caught the very end of this because this was a Friday game. I caught the very end of this game on my phone after the UConn game. BC BC kicked a field goal on second down and then attempted to onside kick to try and tie the game at the very, very, very end. So shout out to BC for being feisty enough to keep up with Duke, who is like shockingly decent, all things considered. Shout out to Mike Elko. I'm going to say Duke is well coached. I'm yeah. gonna give it to like they don't beat themselves. Like they are very well disciplined, and you know, you know, maybe some team probably misses Mr. Elko a little bit. Just a just, just a smidgen, just, just a little bit. If we get Duke in the Duke's Mayo Bowl, that might be the confluence of events that just would be perfect. Duke is probably gonna have to get eight, get to eight and four to get to the Duke's Mayo. It is higher on the pick list okay yeah maybe not eight and four but it is a little bit higher on the acc pick list than some of the other bowls so you it it is not a you're six and six and you go to the duke's mayo that was different because i think they switch in the sec teams and then this year it's the the big 10 so it's a big 10 and an acc person for the mayo bowl this year yeah last year it was sec acc but yeah uh, it's it's always a little bit different it's one of the like mid to up, like out of the ACC's bowl tie-ins. It's not it, like if you're a six and six team, you're not going to the Duke's Mayo. You need to be a little bit above that. But I would be five. glad to see Duke make it if they get there. What is it? What is a six and six ACC bowl? Fenway, pinstripe maybe. Okay, okay. Fenway does not exist until I see a game fucking played. <laughs> Fenway Bowl is is nothing but. A, a wasabi flavor tax scam okay i'm not saying that i hope pitt goes to the fenway bowl but i'm saying i hope pitt goes to the fenway bowl the inaugural <laughs> the inaugural fenway bowl the third annual inaugural fenway bowl maybe this, this year we'll get it this reminds me of the thing that i was looking up over the summer when i was doing like the international national champions yeah like there was a new zealand bowl and it tried to be played like three times and it failed I don't know if that's going to happen with the Fenway Bowl, but they're on their third chance. New Zealand New Zealand couldn't pull it off, but uh, let's see if the Fenway Bowl and, and Wasabi can pull this one off this year. Sending a bowl team to New Zealand. No, it like was the most, be like the most the, isolated place on earth. It, it was going to be like the Australian kickoff oh, like bowl a kickoff game. thing. Okay. Yeah, like the, the beginning of the year thing. Not, not like a... You know, oh, I was in, in my mind. No, in my mind, no. it was absolutely like, "Oh, listen, these two six and six teams at Christchurch, let's go hosting like- the, the most isolated place on earth, hosting the Saint Helena Bowl in 2024." Ooh, yeah, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> We're gonna hold a bowl on Diego Garcia, guys. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, Iowa guys, I think Brian Ferentz may be an offensive genius. I'm just gonna put it out there, <laughs> Brian Ferentz, Iowa. You need to lock him down. Keep the Ferentz dynasty in line. Like all good, you know, what I've learned from monarchy over the over the, the centuries and from playing lots of Crusader Kings too, is that you always, the son is always the best person to take over. The eldest son, you get him right away, you lock him down. There's never a problem. Contin- continuity is more important than skill. Brian Ferentz, Iowa head coach through 2040. I've made I've made my argument. Okay, I don't I don't even know how you held a straight face through that entire <laughs> rant there. <laughs> I, mean, I, I really don't. Like I was just amazed. Like he's got a crack at some point saying this. Like he, there's no way he's gonna hold a straight face. My favorite thing about this game was just at the beginning of the game, 
the Purdue train like normally comes out on the field with the team and it broke down and oh boy was that an ominous sign for Purdue because their offense broke down uh they could not get anything done against Iowa Spencer Spencer Petrus on fire again I had to tweet it again Ooh. two weeks in a row I'm just gonna keep doing it as long as he keeps it like I mean he's throwing like He's not throwing anything deep. I mean, they're like crossing routes to tight ends that, that go for touchdowns. But, you know, nothing. <laughs> and 192 yards. That's right. For him, last, that's, for him, that's basically, that's a 400-yard game for him. Last, last week, he had 220. I, I, again, he is, he is solidifying that seventh-round draft pick that he's going to get in the NFL draft. I mean, two in a row, five and four Iowa. That's, I mean, oh, my God. That's it's, such a... It's it's working now, I guess. We love the Big Ten West. Thank y'all. I appreciate it. The weather was really weird this weekend across most of the country for various reasons. The the weather at the Northwestern game, they showed a video of like pregame and like a punt going just wildly off course. And we knew it was going to be weird from then. The Ohio State reaction to this game, they won 21-7, was basically... We're just glad we got out of this. This was miserable. I hate this so much. Let's never do this again. My favorite part was when, like, I mean, Northwestern's leading like seven nothing, yeah. Uh, and then finally, Ohio State gets on the board, and it's like rainy and windy. And then in the background of the touchdown, you can see Brutus the Buckeye with an umbrella, like celebrating, <laughs> like full split, like like just basically the jump with the umbrella. That was the best part for me. I mean, we kind of knew that Ohio State was going to eventually do it no matter how ugly it was. And I mean, it was did, fun. Did, did we know that? Did we, uh, did we know that? It was seven, seven at halftime. Once it was like 14, seven and Northwestern couldn't get anything done. It was kind of, you know, again, this was one of the big 10, like halftime teases of the week. Yeah, like, you know, yeah, the yeah. big, the big 10 had some halftime teases. They were like, Oh, is it going to happen? And the second half happens. You're like, no, it, it wasn't. Shout happening. out to Rutgers. <laughs> we'll yeah oh man god scared him put the fear of god in him <laughs> I, I think i think the best part someone said that brutus looked like, looked like mary poppins and then i couldn't get yes. it out of my head mm-hmm. couldn't get out of my head once once i saw the mary poppins thing could not get it out of my head well i, I saw was... someone tweet it with the a guardian of the galaxy i'm mary poppins y'all when cj stroud can't pass because of the weather it was just going to be bad i mean ohio state passed for 76 yards that's way off their way off their normal they want to pass for way more than that. And they just couldn't in that weather. And that was that was it. Let's talk about an ACC game that wasn't close. Clemson-Notre Dame. Technically not an ACC game. I disagree hard. I disagree heartily. Hey, Notre Dame is, is ACC is... Technically not an ACC game. It is not 2020. <laughs> technically out of conference. Technically this out is- of conference. This technically has no impact on Clemson's ability to win the Atlantic. However. That is the important thing. thing. It doesn't. However, Clemson looked real bad, y'all. I didn't even watch most of this game and Clemson looked real, real bad. At least two bad picks. DJ got pulled and then got put back in again. That was the crazy thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go the other way that Notre Dame's defense looked so good. I think like, some of like this is that Notre better. Dame got their act together, but it's also objectively funny that Clemson now has transitive losses to both Marshall and Stanford. Well, if you go further, you can go further. Oh, yeah. Let's see. My my favorite chain was the one I, I pulled the, the About UMass, UMass chain. Yes. Let me find it. So UMass beat Stony Brook, who beat Morgan State, who beat South Carolina State, 
who beat North uh, North Carolina Central, who beat New Hampshire, who beat Elon, who beat William and Mary, who beat Charlotte, who beat Rice, who beat Louisiana, who beat Marshall, who beat Notre Dame, who beat Clemson, who beat Florida State, who beat LSU, who beat Alabama. So UMass, that? congratulations. If anyone, asks, if anyone asks you if you deserve, a, 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 you need to raise a banner this year, the answer is yes. UConn, that also goes for you now. That's right. So everyone raise the banner. Transitive wins are the only ones that matter. I still don't think Notre Dame is good, but they're definitely turning a corner, it seems like. And Clemson is going to be a 10, 9 to 10 win team and they'll be fine. They're just not. They, they, they've saved us having to watch them blow a 35, like, like lose by 35 in the playoffs. And that's very kind of them. I, I mean, I wouldn't rule that out yet because it is the ACC. Mm. Don't. don't. But, mm. but I'm just saying we can rule another team out, hopefully. Only one loss. So, yeah, I, mean, I think yeah. I think a couple teams are going to have to step in it for, for yeah. Clemson to get in. But, you know, again, it's a weird year. So we really don't know what's going to happen. So we'll, and, we'll see. And, you know, this, pod, this podcast covers the latest playoff updates. That's what we, that's what we specialize that's in. That's we do. Is our, that's right. Is, oh, our, yeah. is our playoff work. CP. We are here for playoff bracketology and only uh-huh. for that. Exactly. Yeah. Skip, uh-huh. Skipping to the next game. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Pit cues are clearly one of our, one of our playoff, <laughs> our playoff contender games. That's right. This, is, this, is Syracuse good? Uh, no. Pat, this was a Pat Narduzzi special. God, this game was just a morass of, uh, of running and smash mouth football. God. How do you watch this pit football anymore? Pit girl? I don't, I mean, I do, but I don't. Um, that is actually <laughs> the single most frustrating thing about this team is that not only does Keaton Slovis suck out loud, cause he very much does the offense independent of him being terrible is also incredibly boring. And that hurts me. It is painful. Hey, do you remember With- this guy named, named Kenny can he pick it? He threw for a whole bunch of yards. Pitt was scoring like 90 points on teams. I don't know. Uh, I don't know where he, gonna, I don't know. Yeah. I might have to go cry now. Uh, <laughs> the the one thing is that I do, and I, I had a whole conversation with one of my friends about this on Twitter today, is that I do kind of feel like this would all be much less frustrating if we had a quarterback who was even marginally better than Slovis. Like there's something there and the, the offense is still incredibly boring, but like you can be boring and execute well enough that it's entertaining. See also the Virginia tech game, right? It is possible. There is potential somewhere, I think. But with all of that said, the single most exciting thing about this game was the safety in the fourth quarter. And I was pissed that we didn't go for it on fourth down immediately before the safety. So that tells you everything you need to know about the current iteration of Pitt, I think. Got a safety, though. Safety alert. It's true. Hughes definitely is hurting without their starting quarterback. Like, this is definitely... Big time. The yeah. uh, Schrader being hurt, like, hurt them a ton. You know, I mean, they only had 145 yards of total offense. Uh, they they couldn't rush the ball at all. So, yikes. I mean, Pitt's defense was good. I'll say that. On that note, um, Pitt has managed to be Sean Tucker kryptonite for the last three years, which has been very satisfying to me personally. And he tweeted um, about an hour ago now, Quote, Saturday we lost, Syracuse 9, Pitt 19. I'm not pleased with the outcome of the game. Another bad day. I'm not pleased with my performance. Offense struggled, never got started. I'm back in the grind this week. I rushed for 19 yards, received for three. Hashtag pleased with 3-4 instead of the E and the A. Oh. <laughs> okay. Love those tweets. 
keep grinding Sean Tucker, but not against Pitt because it's not going to happen. The Aggies had their flu game. When I saw that it was announced on Saturday morning, Texas A&M has a few players out with the flu. I was like, okay, that happens Maybe to like, all of us. A Maybe few like players. five, ten people, yeah. right? Then yes. they announced yeah. the list of people who were out with the flu, and it was like 15 starters. Like, it was, it was insane when I saw that. And I think the writing was on the wall at that point. A&M played it close for a little bit. Like, absolutely acquitted themselves fine. And this game probably shouldn't matter in the greater scheme of things because of that. If you don't make a bowl game, you don't get to, you don't get to go back and say, whoops, we were all sick. Get nope. your flu shots, kids. Get your flu shots. Haynes King was back in the game for A&M. Their backup quarterback who had been, come in for a couple games and then had been sent out and came back in. He did fine. 279, one TD, no interceptions, 23 for, 50, 23 for 45, which isn't great. Like once Florida got away with it, it just ran. Let's let's talk about let's have an Aggie update, guys. Let's talk about some Aggie, some Maybe. Aggies. Let's let's across. update that that Aggie update graphic. Yeah, let's the, the Aggies across the country will say. Yes. So we have these three and six Aggies, Texas A&M. We've got the Utah State Aggies who are four and five. Big win Mexico, for them this weekend. New Mexico State didn't play this week. They're still three and five. We have UC Davis, who's five and four, but our best Aggies in the country with a big win this week as well. North Carolina A&T at six and four. So there we go. Those are the best D1 Aggies. Maybe I'll dip into D2 Aggies this week as well. A&M is not going to make a bowl game. So maybe, maybe you beat Auburn. Okay. This weekend, yes. This weekend. Maybe you beat Auburn. Maybe you beat LSU at the end. But there's one mustache man coming to College Station with a bowl of chowder and anger in his heart. You're not going to get past UMass. Nope. No. I'm not going to do it. You're not going to get past UMass. Is UMass going to have to have like special uniforms or is A&M? Because they're both like maroon and white. No. Do you know what's going to happen? Dirty pool. UMass guys are going to be ready on the ground. And then all of a sudden, UMass player reaches into his pocket. Oyster crackers. Throw them in the A&M guy's face. Can't see. It's like pocket sand. Oyster crackers. Crumbles up. Oh, yeah. Pocket crumbs. Oh, do you know what? Oh, hey. Hey, A&M. We brought you some Gatorade. You know what it is? Nope. It's clam chowder in your Gatorade (laughs) bottles. Thick clam chowder in your Gatorade bottles. We need a clam bowl or a clam chowder bowl so that the winner can be dumped a giant tub of clam oh, chowder no. on someone. Is no. this not the Fenway bowl? <laughs> Seriously, the one time I went to Fenway, it was like a misty, like Mother's Day or something like that yeah. in May, and it was cold and ugly. And they had like these, these servers or whatever you call them, the concessions people walking up and down the aisles and like, chowder here. You want some chowder? And like, seriously, they had cups of chowder and they had the pack of crackers, of oyster crackers yeah, on top so. of it. They'd give me that. And I'm like, you know, me being from New Orleans, like just giddy. I'm like, let's take a picture with the guy selling chowder. Fenway was an experience for a New Orleanian. I'll just say that. Like you I have to show it. your ID for beer, no matter how old you are. And my dad was like in his sixties at the time we're at the game. And he's like, are you kidding me? And then there's just a bunch of mask guys behind him. Like, come on, buddy. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the worst was in Massachusetts for a while. They wouldn't take out of state li- driver's licenses. Yeah. I'd have, I'd have my fucking passport with me to get beer. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Mass- this was for a little bit Massachusetts. Massachusetts has super weird like liquor laws. Like 
it, it, the funny part is my dad, we were at a restaurant and he asked for a to-go cup of his drink. <laughs> and like, you could have seen everybody there like, what the fuck where, are you talking who, about? Who are you? Where are you from? That is illegal Orleans. literally everywhere except New Orleans. Except okay. New Orleans. So that's right. I mean, and I love the New Orleans move where you just put a straw on it and tape it down. And if the yeah, tape is broken, close, you're safe. It's a closed container. Love it's it. It's a closed container. <laughs> Seriously, that was that was argued many times in law in court. It's so ridiculous. I love New Orleans. Sorry. Napoleonic law is so weird, man. If you cut if you cut the straw in with a sword, it's legal. Well, that code says so. <laughs> Our game of the week ended up being really, really fun because it was just two teams that did quite sure they wanted to win this game. Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, the Tecmo Bowl. This game was so bizarre. Georgia Tech won by one, but had almost 200 more yards. I, I mean, I watched this entire game. So the beginning of the game, it was kind of windy. It was having like maybe like 10 to 15 mile an hour gusty winds. Then all of a sudden, here comes some rain. I'm like, all right, here we go. We'll get some craziness. I mean, it was a back and forth game in the beginning. And it was just like teams just struggling to do anything. My favorite part was the the coach for Georgia Tech. It it was a key for Georgia Tech, which is, you know, it was uh, Brent Key. And then I'm sorry, it was is Brent. They were both Brent, right? I think, I think so. Yeah, one's, yeah, Brent one's Pry or VT. Yeah, Brent yeah. Brent, Brent Pry, former versus... DC at Penn State, is at yes. VT now. So like it was it was Key versus Pry, which is kind of funny in in my my stupid brain to myself, I guess. But yeah, they <laughs> were going back and forth, and it was just like a struggle fest. And all of a sudden, they would get some points, and then this was like that classic game where there would be rallies. Yeah, like one team would like take like a lead. And you're like, there's no way the other team's coming back. And then out of nowhere, the other team comes back, takes the lead. Then out of nowhere, the other team comes back, takes the lead. Like Virginia Tech had a punt return for for a touchdown, like a 90-yard punt return. And they're up mm-hmm. like 20 to 10. And I'm like, there's no way that Georgia Tech's getting back in it. And then they they claw and they get a field goal, get another field goal. It's like 20 to 16. You're like, okay, maybe Tech's got a chance. Then Georgia Tech throws a pick six, like a back-breaking pick six. You're like, okay, it's 27-16. That's it. Uh, I think I think Georgia Tech's out of this. There's no way. And then, boom, like somewhere out of nowhere in the fourth quarter, they get a touchdown. It's 27-22. They missed a two-point conversion. Then the quarterback, Grant Wells for Virginia Tech, a Detmer yeah. darling. I think he's a in Detmer the top darling. three. Uh, yeah, he's in the top three this week. Yeah, he, he threw an interception. Virginia Tech had four turnovers in this game, so halfway to the eight. And he threw an interception, which was just very ill-advised. Georgia Tech took it down, got a touchdown, missed a two-point conversion, of course. So it was 28-27. I, I really thought that Georgia Tech was dead in the water. And I thought, you know, the crowd was going to, like, will, you know, Virginia yeah. Tech to this victory. Like, when it was 27-16, in my mind, I was like, okay, Virginia Tech's got this. And then I don't know where Georgia Tech dug deep to get this one. Yep. But they did. Congratulations to Georgia Tech. They are now 4-5. and five. They have more wins than Texas A&M. You know, that's. Yeah, Georgia Tech doing a good job of making it less embarrassing by the week that Pitt lost to them. So shout out to them for that. Thank you. That's right. Quality loss, Georgia Tech. That's right. I mean, Georgia Tech's four and five. I I don't even know what their schedule is at the end of the year. I know they got to play Georgia, so I don't think they're they're going to get ground into a fine paste by Georgia. They got three games left. I don't even know what the schedule is. 
it'd be a miracle for them to get a bowl, but them to be four and five. Wait, how sure. many? How many? How many wins do they have? Four. Four and five. They need two more. Okay. Um, well. Okay. Next. Next week they have Miami at home. <laughs> okay, that's okay. one. May yeah, I'm, and then, I, I and mean, then, and Miami looked this week. And then I, I'm not going to rule how, that out. How do you feel about UNC at Cha- in Chapel Hill? Uh, maybe uh, that's that's, I, a, that's a solid maybe. I I UNC see like UNC is somewhat fraudulent. Their defense is hot garbage. Somebody's going to catch them. Their offense is their offense is good, legit. Which yes. I mean, UNC barely beat. Virginia, 31-28, and Virginia was scoring touchdowns, which was fun. Nice to see again. I don't know. Maybe they can steal that one, but because they're not going to beat Georgia. How do you feel about Georgia Tech in Athens? Uh, I believe. Ohio? You, that, that, <laughs> that, 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 I, that I might believe. Ohio's looking really good, though, so that would be okay. I I mean, that would be, be, be a good one, but Virginia Tech, I, I feel that this is a situation where they're trying to rebuild everything, and yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think I know their fans upset that they lost the game, but I, I wouldn't be upset. the The team played hard. I I see like signs of the team coming together, and and I I see it. They they need to get a little bit more talent recruiting wise. So hopefully, Mister Pry has a little bit more time, and 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 he can turn it around. I I have confidence in in them. It's hard to rebuild a plane while you're flying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's super hard to make these big rebuild things going in real time, especially if you're really having to gut things or whatever to see, like, for example, Notre Dame show signs of life now as compared to six weeks ago. That is like visible progress. Yeah. And while mm-hmm. Virginia Tech doesn't have the win for it, I I think the fans and, you know, we'll hear it in our mentions if, if that's not true. But I feel like the fans I'm hearing or at least are seeing things that they like better, which is which is good. Yeah, Brent Pry is also not the kind of guy that you hire if you're spe- expecting an instantaneous turnaround. Like, well, that's Mario. That's Mario hire... Cristobal. You hire Correct. Mario Cristobal. <laughs> the Canes, uh, the Canes fan side of me is like, oy, oy, oh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move the punts thing down so we can talk about this right now. Because <laughs> okay, go right ahead. Just I got, I got some, I got some, I got some, I got some feelings. Go ahead. So Miami lost to Florida State. They didn't lose by forty-seven. <laughs> So I got it sort of right when I said that it was going to be one of those games. It was only 42. I didn't realize that Miami had beaten Florida State by 42 just two years ago. I'd forgotten about that. Miami is real bad. And like, you can't even say no one was there. The home crowd was behind them. They were packed oh, no. in. It was, it was sold out. Yeah, it was sold out. And, and just nothing. Nothing. <laughs> It's in the walls. I'm just going to say the that. The fact that that game was sold out is just endlessly funny. Yeah. God. It was a lot of Florida State fans. I'll say that. Miami never sells anything out. It did this time. It did this time. <laughs> it did this time. And it was good that this game, you know, of course, because it was a Miami game, it was on the ACC regional network, right? No. No, no. It was the game everyone saw. Everyone. Everyone saw this game. Yeah. R.I.P. Everyone's eyes. We all saw it. I, I will say I, I had this game on the entire time. Uh, so I, I, I watched it in the quad box, right? The quad oh. box. So the quad box. Right. So I was add, like, okay. add the wet reverb, the wettest reverb I have. <laughs> quad box. It was, quad there box. was a lot of splish, splish, splish. <laughs> it was, there was a lot of rain this week in, in football, so 
So make the, the reverb quite moist. Go right ahead. So, moist reverb. The moist wettest reverb. Re- the rev- the wettest reverb you've ever heard. So I'm just going to go like at the beginning. There was one point in the game where I think Miami was down 21-3. I think Van Dyke tried to like throw the ball away. And like he like it looked like he threw out his shoulder. I was in a lot of pain. So Miami at that point was just like, okay, it, it's time to um, let, let's go and then put in Jake Garcia, the backup. And then he threw an interception and then it's like 28, three. And then basically Florida state gets another one. So 31, three at halftime. Uh, the thing to me in this game was where I think the second drive that they had Florida state, like through like a pass no, 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 actually, it was the first touchdown drive that I remember now correctly. So Florida State threw a pass, and it wasn't really, like, that big of a pass. It wasn't that gaping hole, like, blown coverage or anything of that nature. Mm-hmm. The wide receiver from Florida State just totally just burned the cornerback. Like, it wasn't close. And I was like, oh, Miami's in trouble. Just seeing the cornerback get burned that bad, like, it was a foot race. Like, they were next to each other. And, like, the, the wide receiver – like just took off, like just yeah. burnt him. Like I was like, oh, Miami's in trouble. Um, they got the three. They then Miami started to do the uh, let's play our freshman who can run, and you know there was some hilarity ensued, of course, and it was just not close at all. You know Miami kept moving the ball, trying to do that, but then they kept throwing. Uh, they had four turnovers, so if you add the Miami plus Virginia Tech, there's the eight turnovers of the there ACC. We go. Uh, we didn't reach eight, God. but I mean, Florida state was, was way more talented. And if you're a hurricanes fan, you gotta be worried about it. And I mean, the, the one part is like, I'm like hurricanes, please score something. So Jordan doesn't get as close to his prediction in my head. And I'm watching and they get all the way down to like the f- second and goal at the Florida state one. I'm like, all right, let's go there. It's going to be 31 10. And it's, it's going to be a little bit more respectable Then the ball gets snapped to the side of <laughs> Of the quarterback, and it just and we made Mike Ryan reply like, "Ha ha, guys, this is so funny. I really appreciate this." <laughs> and so I gave him the sad sicko of the oh oh no oh, sicko no. on that one. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Forty five three. I feel like the score was worse. Miami like really held the ball in the second half, like doing a bunch of nothing, and it was just, like a, it was, it was it. a lot of nothing. Yeah. As a pit fan, I can endorse that that is occasionally an effective strategy. Pit girl, tell me, give me, give me a quick score prediction, by the way, for uh, Pit Miami, which is the last game of y'all season. Oh God, don't make me think about that. Uh, <laughs> the only thing, <laughs> the only thought that I have about that is that that game is the main reason that I have hope that Pitt will actually make the Fenway Bowl. <laughs> Excited to see a a good like 12-6 game. 12-9. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only thing about this, I haven't watched I know Miami is bad. I haven't watched enough Miami to know if they're like if they're bad because their offense is bad or if they're bad because their defense is bad or if it's both. Because if their defense can't run block, Pitt might put up a ton of points. Miami's D-line and linebackers are good. Their cornerbacks and safeties, not. Uh, that's how okay. that's, that's how middle because Ke- Keaton Slovis, you know, accurate, yeah. accurate quarterback over the top. Yeah, so that's that's I mean, like that's how Middle Tennessee burned Miami. Like their Middle Tennessee's receivers were getting deep on them, uh, but like Middle Tennessee really couldn't run the ball. And okay, that when, game's gonna be twelve ten. 
Yeah. I like that. Rutgers beat Michigan at the half 17-14. That's all I want to talk about. That's it. Yep. Rutgers, you did it. Stop there. Thank you for the first half, Rutgers. Stop the count. Mm -hmm. We appreciate it. We we loved all your hard work in the first half. Whatever happened in the second half, we're not going to talk about it. Did you know that they were the original Chanticleers? Like, their mascot before they were the Scarlet Knights were the Chanticleers. They were Why the originals. Why did they keep it? Why did uh, they keep their, it? That's so much their, better. Their their coach at the time was like, we don't want to be chickens. Boo. Right, lame. Lame. Because Chanticleers is from Chaucer, I think. And, like, that was, like, that was their, like, high mind, like, their version of the owl. Like, we're very, we're a school school. And they were the Chanticleers. You can still find some old, like, uh, some old Rutgers stuff, like that okay. is like a giant chicken mascot. Homefield. Homefieldapparel.com. Please, please, please mm-hmm. find this Homefield. I want the Rutgers Chanticleer. Because we're not talking about the second half of this game. Let's talk about a game that was basically pure uncut offense. If you took, if you took up offense and just diced it up into a fine powder and just went down the line, you would get SMU 77, Houston 63, Jesus Christ. Do you have any punts that were in this game, guys? None. I, I think it was one. one. Yeah, it was one, one punt. punt. Happened in the fourth quarter, right? Happened in the fourth quarter. Yeah. The first, the first half drive chart is just touchdown, 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 touchdown inter, like two interceptions, and then just the rest touchdowns. It was great. It was great. I was watching this. I was sitting. I was sitting at a tiki bar. Astros game on 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 the screen because that's in Houston. And I had this on my phone over here and my friends kept looking over going like, are you watching basketball? I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> this I mean, is the, just pure football. On the preview pod, I was like, I just wanted a points fest. You got it. And, and I like clipped it and, and, and said, I was like, I, we requested a points fest for this one. We, we just want a bunch of points. And oh, oh, I, and and I predicted like like fifty six forty nine. That was like almost the halftime score. <laughs> I my biggest my biggest regret was that I I I I turned it off during halftime to do something else. And since it was on the NFL Network, I, I hope they were discussing like some like ten to three NFC South slog as opposed <laughs> to like the firecracker game that was just happening in front of their faces. I just want to take this moment to fid, bid a fond farewell to the previous FBS uh, regulation points record holder game, mm-hmm. which was the 2016 Pitt-Syracuse game. So it's fitting that this game happened this week during Pitt-Syracuse week. That that game was 76-61. I was there. It was Black Friday in Pittsburgh. It was a beautiful day, and I watched basketball on grass. Pour one out for that game, but it has found a worthy successor in SMU Houston. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that. I will remember. Right, song right over this. Yeah, a, a Shokin sure. farewell in the background. Yeah. Oh, like yeah, the we'll, do yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, yeah. we'll do. We'll do the. Uh, we'll do the Civil War sound. Yep, perfect. I mean, this game was just nuts. I mean, there's like other games going on, of course, at the time, like the the big headline games, like Bama LSU. I'm just like, there's another touchdown. Hey, look, there's another touchdown. I just couldn't. And then like, I think this is SMU's first time ever wearing their blackout jerseys. Those are great, by the way. And I love those. They were fantastic. I love those jerseys. And I'm like, you can't go back to anything else, SMU. Like, you just scored 77 points here. You got to wear blackout for the rest of the year at this point. Total yards in this game combined for. 1300 yards and a bit. Houston had 710. SMU had 636. Then we go to Auburn, Mississippi State. I noticed Pit Girl put in the notes, like, did we want to talk about Auburn, Mississippi State? I'm like, yes, it was our third ranked 
Sickos Game of the Week. <laughs> of course we want to talk about this game. And oh boy, did it live up to it. <laughs> so part of the reason I say that is because I, I was home with my parents. Well, not home, but I was with my parents this weekend. And my, my dad is an Auburn fan. We watched like five minutes of the first quarter. And then we stopped watching it because we were both getting angry. Cowards, cowards. <laughs> so, so we started watching Bama LSU. And then we flipped back at the end and got all the good stuff. But I yes. was like... Are we are we perceiving Auburn? Because I'm not perceiving Auburn for my own sanity. All I have to say about this game is that A, it was dumb Bama LSU. Don't at me. B, Cadillac has A plus vibes. He could go 0 and 12. I would be happy to see him high just to see him smile on the sideline, and Auburn should hire him only for that. I mean, Thank he you. he was I I think he did like a full sprint to call a timeout. I wonder if like Cadillac and that was the get back coach for Cadillac that had to chase him. Uh, like, like to make sure he didn't go on the sideline, and then the get back coach pulled his hammy after Cadillac got that timeout. Which Cadillac not necessarily great at calling timeouts. Uh, no. I know it was just the first game, but yeah, it was. I mean, Mississippi State was up like twenty four three, and then Auburn came back. It was ridiculous, like back and forth. I know there's a video of like Mike Leach, the coach, like folding. Like every did single wide like, receivers holding chair. He did not wide receivers didn't get chairs anymore. Nope. The wide receivers don't <laughs> get chairs anymore. And, and so like he's I'm just imagining Mike Leach at like a church function, like folding up all the chairs and, and just showing off, like, you know, carrying as many chairs as possible mm-hmm. at like a church church function. After he did that, like, hey, I have like four chairs on each arm. He was he was mad at his wide receivers. So he was like, no, you can't sit. And so it was just, and he was the only one over there doing it. It was the head coach. Like there's plays going on on the, on the field and he's folding up chairs on the sideline. One of my favorite things about this game was the onside kick. It, the onside kick was art. It was art. No one expected it. And then it happened. Onside kick off the up man. It just like bounces right off him. My yes. dad and I look at each other and are like, what? And then I'm like, no, this is a thing. This is a thing people do. This is a valid onside yeah. kick strategy. And it worked. We got the the gift reply of of the, the Bobby Boucher thing uh, with the Bobby Boucher kicker saying, oh, yeah, that's my bitch. Mm-hmm. And he just like kicks it off the up man. We had like four or five replies of that. From the water boy. There were a number of great things about that game. That was great. The Cadillac iced Mississippi State's kicker twice at the end of regulation. <laughs> Let him actually make the kick. Iced him just at the point where he could make the kick. One of them was a doink, but it still went in. Kicker would have made it every single time regardless. And, and there was Art. 33 seconds left. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah, why, why burn those two timeouts with 33 seconds? Oh, God. Also... Didn't put a return map back for a long, long field goal attempt. How do you not do that, Auburn? How do you not do that as Auburn? Literally screaming, literally screaming, where is the return man? If any school should know to put the return man back on a 50-plus yard field goal, it's fucking Auburn. Kamish, tell me about ULM Texas State this week. All right. So this is this is the, this is so stupid. This game, I don't I even know. Believe, how, I can't believe you guys won this. this I have no idea how ULM won this game. Bullshit. I have no idea how they won this fucking game. None. I'm cussing on this because you know, again, the the, the ULM fan comes out here. So ULM immediately down twenty one nothing, and I'm like, boom, what the fuck, boom, like, just immediately, boom, boom. like like seriously, it's just like touchdown Texas State. You know, ULM punts down fourteen nothing. 
You have those interception down twenty one nothing. I'm like, oh, gee, it's the first quarter. They're down twenty one nothing. And I'm like, I'm like, come on, man! Like you guys are wearing like these awesome like Warhawk helmet, like the planes, like the teeth on the side. Like, come on, do something. I had to, you know. Again, I had the quad box going. I took the sound off. I moved the sound to another game, and I moved it to a different game, the Montana and Cal Poly game, yeah. which was just the snow game in, in in Montana. So I put it on soothing snow sounds, and then ULM started to come back. So ULM goes twenty one seven. All of a sudden, it's like uh, it's it's twenty four seven. Then it's twenty twenty one ten. Then it's like 24, 10. You're like, okay, fine. And then ULM at the end of the half, like this, this wide receiver, like um, bounces off of like, like a bunch of Texas state tacklers and gets into the end zone right before the half. It's 24, 17. I'm like, oh, we got some hope here. And then I'm like, oh no, ULM does this thing at halftime where they like the third quarter starts out like the worst way possible. And so ULM gets the ball first. I'm like, okay. Bam, interception, ULM. I'm like, oh, come on, man. Not again. Don't do this again. Mm-hmm. Texas State gets a field goal. Texas State kicks it back to ULM. ULM fumbles the kick return. I'm like, come on, man. Don't do this again. Like, you're killing me here. But ULM stops them. They go for it on fourth and one. They stop them. ULM gets a touchdown. And then, hey, it's 27-24. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Maybe we got a shot here. This would be a great comeback. They go. Texas State gets another field goal. And then after Texas State makes it 30-24, ULM takes it all the way, like a like a 10-play drive. They're up by one. But the only problem is there's 10 minutes and 30 seconds left in the fourth quarter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, oh, God, so many things could go wrong here at this point. And, oh, did they almost? So, <laughs> so like, ULM basically holding on for dear life with this one-point game, just, 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 just hanging on. For dear life. Like, they can't get anything on, done on offense. Texas State can't get anything done on offense. Texas State punts it back to ULM. They have all three timeouts. I'm like, okay, Terry's going to play this conservative. Terry Bowden's going to be conservative. So it's like third and 13, and I'm like, uh, okay. The quarterback starts to run, uh, and he gets like six yards, and all of a sudden he gets hit, and the ball pops out, and he fumbles. And I'm like, no. no ULM no so like Texas State gets the ball at ULM's like 39 and it's like a minute like 30 left they drain the clock as far as they possibly can and they're setting up for a 38 yard field goal and I'm like please 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 miss the field goal and Texas State's kicker had been perfect three for three and I was like okay Terry's got two timeouts left he's gonna choose the ice both times right Mm -hmm. so Terry ices once and then doesn't ice the second time. And the kicker misses wide right. And I'm like, yes, they won. And then they kneel down the game and they won the game. And I'm like, oh, my God, thank you so much. The relief, like the celebratory, like, oh, my God, I can't believe. They had no business winning the game. They no, turned the ball none, over four times. None. I mean, like like three or four times. They had no business winning this game. None whatsoever. And they won the game. They're three and six. Technically still alive. Prayer. You know, same record as AM for bold <laughs> eligibility. So three and six. Texas State fans in, in the mentions after I did this is like they wanted their coach fired after losing this game. And they, like, want gone. they want him gone. Like I'm like, man, like it's like it feels like an insult. Like when like after you like one team loses to your team, that they want to fire their coach. 
Like it only, it's just like, oh, we can't lose to this team. Yeah, it's not an endorsement. It's not an endorsement. Like, oh, we can't. And so it feels kind of an insult. But I'll take the victory. Um, do we know the highest, you know, foot slide I'm gonna have to go down at the water park of Schlitterbahn now? I our Schlitterbahn. Well, let's let's see what the highest slide at Schlitterbahn is. Schlitterbahn, New Braunfels, highest water slide. Gonna sing it. The hottest, coolest time in Texas. Right, we hear those commercials all the time. Glitter bond, bond, bond. Yeah, I gotta look it up. Then I, I'll put it. I'll put it in here. I can find it. But yeah, you can find we'll, it. You can. We'll find. Yeah. We'll find you. We'll find you something nice and tall to go off. Of. Don't worry. It's That's gonna be right. great. I'm excited. I'll have the camera at the bottom. Yeah, lots of fun. Sure. sure. Uh, I'm, I'm going to need the workout. I'm gonna. Say <laughs> by the way, speaking of uh, playing, speaking of firing your coach because you beat it because you lose to a team that you should not lose to. Temple 54, USF 28. See how I worked in that transition? I'm, I'm learning in these podcast things. You, you are. I'm learning. I'm learning. Your transitions are actually way better than mine because mine are always <laughs> mine are always just like, it feels like you take a right turn into a wall half the time when I do it. <laughs> We're not professional. Yeah. Jeff Scott, no hard feelings I can tell from like USF fans. It just wasn't working. You can't lose to, te- you can't give 54 points to Temple. Not yeah, now. You just can't do very it. much. Can't do that. Can't. No, I was I was watching the game and I was like, "What is like?" It's like USF and and Temple are just going back and forth score, and I'm like, "This this is not supposed to be happening whatsoever." Like nobody is supposed to be scoring this many points. Like both of their offenses, not great. All of a sudden they're scoring, they're scoring, and it was 33-28. South Florida makes it like a game, 33-28. I'm like, okay, maybe South Florida's got this. Maybe they can come back and win this one. No, nope. Temple, they could not stop the Temple running back. I mean, he was running all over them. It was like a 50-yard run. After, like, every time they got close, to, they just handed it off to the running back for Temple, just run all the way down the field. And they just, oh, my God. Like, the Detmer Darling, EJ Warner, I believe, it, it, like, throwing, like, all over the place. And, and again, it's just kind of the thing. Like, Temple fans, like, how do you feel? You beat a team. You should be happy. And then, like, the other team is like, no, we, we got to fire our coach now. Like, <laughs> it, it feels... I don't know. If you're if you're Temple and you score 54 points on your one, there is no insult, like, after that. Like, you just well, must feel like you're God. Temple's the only one that saved the city of Philly this weekend. That's fair. But also, like, if you're a Temple fan, I feel like you're probably used to this kind of thing. Because we got to remember, Temple is, to my knowledge, the only team to have been actively kicked out of a conference for sucking too much. That is true. So... That is true. Hey guys, bowl eligible Kansas. That's amazing. If if I can't give coach of the year to Jay Mora or Jim Mora Jr. You mean him Mora Jr. Him Mora Jr. That's right. Yeah. I'm, Husky Revolution marches on. I'm I'm, I'm I'm giving it to Lance Le- Leopold. Lance yeah, Leopold. Lance Leopold. Six wins for Kansas. They ripped down the goalpost and tossed them in the pond, and it's amazing. Hell yeah, and do they that. didn't start a GoFundMe afterwards because Kansas has enough money to replace their own goalposts. Not like poor Tennessee, because let's be honest That's here. Right. I, Tennessee's medical bills after this weekend, I'm pretty sure, are going to be racking up from the ass kicking they took. But <laughs> sure. By the way, that was a safety in the Tennessee game. I don't care what they were doing. No, it was safe. 100, it was totally 100 safe. fucking percent was safe safety. It was bullshit. Don't take, it was it. Don't take the, the safety Alabama alert. from the Texas game in week two. Don't take the safety alert away from the Sickos committee. We are upset oh, about this. All right? We had a safety alert, and then you overturned it. It was totally a safety. We love our safety alert tweets. All right? Kansas 
played great. The mean bean machine did played as well as he could. Like great. Oklahoma State, I don't know what's happened in the last three weeks, but the wheels have absolutely come off that bus. And do you know what game I'm really excited for now? Sunflower Showdown. Like that game is gonna be so much fun this year. It's it's amazing. I'm 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 happy for Kansas football fans. Because that is a, that has been a wretched, cursed existence. Next year, it will probably revert to a mean. I don't care. Enjoy this. Get the get the shirt, guys. Kansas, yeah. get the shirt. The bowl eligible shirt. Like, get that. Wear the sweater. Be happy. First first time bowl eligible since two thousand eight. I I tweeted that they needed to go throw the goalpost in the Kansas River, and they were like, "Well, that's like a twenty seven mile, uh, <laughs> a twenty seven minute walk." And I'm like, "I, I don't care." Like, go. And it's like, I looked it up. It's only like one and a half miles away to carry the goalpost. But but to be fair, like the Potter Lake slash pond or whatever is there. Google says it's a lake, so I'll say it's a lake, even though it looks like a pond. It's like right at the south side of like the stadium. <laughs> so I, I can see how they just throw it in there. And, and shout out to Kansas. They already had the goalposts up like within like a few hours yeah. after the game. Like they were ready. In our hearts, we are all long-leggy Jayhawk, who is the happiest Jayhawk. I am going to just briefly mention that Texas played K-State. Texas won it. It was an awful ending. We can't talk about this. You didn't want to talk about it on the preview pod. We can't talk about this now. Let's talk about Bama LSU. Did you see yeah. LSU beat Bama? How about that? Yeah. I, you hey, you know what? Yeah. You know what? I watched yeah. that. I, I did watch the end of that game. All I'm, all I'm going to say is that because game day is coming to Austin next week, they're going to lose to TCU. But I will, cover that, I will cover that sadness later on. Marshall 12, ODU 0. Hey, I said that two bucks was worth a lot. It was, it was a great price to get into that game. I don't know if four Marshall field goals was worth two bucks. That was 50 cents yeah. a field goal. If you got it, you, got, yeah. you spent 50 cents a field goal to watch Marshall beat ODU 12 nothing. Yeah, if you're going to score 12 points, I want you to do it in a more interesting way. Yeah, not not this not the old Stanford, the old Stanford old fashioned, basically. Yeah, I don't know if that is worth two bucks to get in, but I, I definitely thought it would be a little bit more of an offensive explosion. I don't think there was bad weather there, but like, yikes. Uh, not yikes. North Texas wearing my favorite helmet. I love the flying worm with like that bright green that is very 70s green. I love it. They played FIU. Old man Austin went for 414 yards, five TDs, one inch, and I'm guessing a nap afterwards. He, he's older than me. That's all I have to say about <laughs> that. Noted young person on the pod, older than a, or younger, still younger than a starting QB in college mm-hmm. football. Sorry, Scott Bakula slinging it right there. Yes. That's right. What do you, what do you think the sound he made was when he sat down the next night and had to get up from that chair again because of his kid asked for something? <laughs> I, uh, I really, <sighs> I'm just imagining him settling into one of those cold tubs. Oh yeah. Like the, the, the Bakula ice, character, yeah. just ice packs everywhere. That's what I'm imagining. Did you guys know that North Texas has a really great polo team? Like horse polo? Like horse polo, yeah. Really great. Like 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 constantly in the top three or four. This like is... lost lost to Virginia in the national title game last year. Virginia I... having a good polo team makes sense. It makes total makes sense. sense. UNT sense. having a good polo team is almost as bizarre to me as the fact that UNT is a noted jazz school. Army and Air Force takes teaches us to always take service academy unders. 
the over under for this was like 30 points and they got to 16. No, it was it was 40 something. It was like 40. 40 I think it was like they predicted 40. Vegas does not understand this and I don't know why they don't understand this yet and, and I hope they don't ever figure it out. But I mean, I'm not I'm not a better. I don't bet. I don't have like a betting account or anything like that. I don't you know, really, I, I like to look at the lines because they're just fun to look and think about. Like, okay, this is what Vegas thinks. Well, I definitely don't think the same way, but I'm not going to throw money on it because I don't have that disposable income, I would say, to, to bet on stuff. But who knows? Maybe but, if a betting, but if a betting company would like to sponsor us. Yeah, sure. We, why not? We will, we'll we, will give you, we will give you the weirdest lines. We will move lines for you people. Yes, betting we companies, will. we will move lines for you on games that you think aren't having enough money put on them. We will move those lines for you. I promise. That's right. Talk, talk to us about Bowling Green lines. We're, we're all over it. We know that. Yes, we this, got that. I, this- I'm also not a betting person, but that is one of the things that's very funny about college football and is that Vegas doesn't have always have the depth of knowledge to set the line correctly. That sort of came up today. The bartender at the airport bar I was at had a 10 leg parlay on various NFL games today. Mm-hmm. And I was like, my guy, if you want to do a 10 leg parlay, you should start watching college football. And he looked at me and was like, I don't want to learn about another sport. Okay. I mean, I get it. I, more, more power to him. I'm done. I'll just bet the NFL weirdness, whatever. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, NFL, what, 32 teams? This one, 131, you know? Yeah, you want more. a 10-leg parlay with only yeah. 32 teams? My guy, there are so many more options out there available to you. This game, by the way, also, this is the one that kicked off 30 minutes before game day was over. It was actually 15 minutes before. They actually did a lot of stuff beforehand. Okay, yeah. But uh, yeah. this in the in the this was in the old Rangers baseball stadium that has been converted to a football stadium slash soccer stadium that still has yeah. awful sight lines. So great. It's great. I mean, this game ended at like 145 Central. Oh yeah, because it was a fast was, game it, too. It was, it was, I mean, it was such a fast game. It was great. Shout out to Air Force, Commander in Chief Trophy. First time since 2016. So congratulations there. Uh that's a it big looked, it looked heavy. It looked heavy. Looked heavy. It, 150 pounds. I heard. I believe that trophy is 150 pounds, because somebody in our mentions was mad that we missed it on the rankings. Uh, which <laughs> oh, yeah. we apologize. The game watch list rankings were were a mess this week, and it was probably due to us having to manually spreadsheet the November poll uh, yeah. and get that ready. And in our podcast was thrown a little bit off, so we apologize for that. You know, we apologize for nothing. We we okay, ignored this game because we hate the troops. Okay, we hate the tro- <laughs> we hate the troops. You heard, uh, it here first. you heard it here first. 170, <laughs> 170 pounds, two and a half feet tall. That's right. 170 like, like, pounds. All like, right. a, like a like a two, 170 pounds, two and a half feet tall, like a very dense seven-year-old. The troops gotta get their reps in. That's right. Yeah, exactly right. That 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 trophy it can almost not play sprint football. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I think the weight the weight limit is football is like 176. Yeah, yeah, so that trophy could barely play. Sprint football, which the weight limit is 176. Uh, I'm gonna, sh- I'm gonna, t- yeah, that, I'm gonna that trophy sh- is about one of me, but much shorter. They say a very, <laughs> a very compact pit girl. If you compacted pit girl, approaching the density of a black hole, but stopped a little short. <laughs> compact pit girl. I want to talk about two Pac-12 games that I took was paying attention to. We're paying attention to one USC and Cal. USC could not shake Cal, and that was hilarious. The game ended 41-35, and just Cal was such a pain in the ass to USC. 
seriously. Like, I, Cal was like, I think they were down by like three possessions yeah. at one point. And I was like, okay, let me pop my melatonin. Let me, let me go. And then Cal, all of a sudden, they're within like six. I'm like, come on, Cal. <laughs> like, I'm fighting melatonin trying to watch this game. I'm like, oh, man, I think I'm ready to go to bed. And I'm fighting through Cal wearing yellow helmets for their special game with USC. The uh, those, those unis, I love those unis. I'm going to yeah, say. Yeah, those really unis good. are great. I love them. And then you you uh, throw in the, the Oskis out there, of course. Yeah. Um, I had to use some old ones. Out. Wasn't at my computer, so I had to use some old ones, but that's fine. We summoned the Oski to, <laughs> like I, to bring like us. I'm going to be able to tell if they're old or new ones. I'm like, I've seen these Oskis before. <laughs> like, a, like, a, like a criminal lineup. Well, there is one Oski that I would point out, but he looks like the lead singer of Counting Crows. Yes. Uh, so Dread, but, Dreadlock Oski, yeah. Dreadlock Oski. <laughs> he does. It's, it's, yes. You see Berkeley and me. Uh, I'm, <laughs> On the Stanford game, the under hit for field goals, I bet I said three and a half field goals, the under hit, no field goals for Stanford, but they scored 14 points again. In their last four games, they have scored 14, 14, 13, and 14, and they won two of those games. Well, no, well no. done. That, that's wrong. They scored 16, 15, 14, and 13. They beat Notre right? Dame. They beat Notre Dame 16, 14. They beat Arizona State 15, 14, and they scored what, 13 in this game? No, 14 in this game. 14 in this game, yeah. And then they scored 13 against UCLA. Oh, crap. I was looking at the wrong number. You're right. So even Why better. Why do I have 16, that 15, memorized? 14, yeah, okay. I got problems if okay, I have Stanford so scores memorized. Next, <laughs> next, week, next week, 12 points Stanford. 12 points Stanford. It has to be. It has to be. So either they're going to go higher or lower. 17. Ooh, that's, that's pushing it. Or that's too many. 12. 12 is, is four field goals, so. That that seems to be more accurate for Stanford. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this question: Of all the games they've played this year, minus their FCS game, what is the most number of points they have scored in a game? Like, is so FCS minus the points? FCS game, minus the FCS game, seventeen. I think they got to like twenty four at one point, but I can't remember if that was this year or last year. They scored twenty against USC in week two. 28? 28. Okay. I it was I remember that was like it looked like they were gonna try to do the spread offense. And everybody was like, Wow, Stanford was doing the spread offense. So they did score. That was the first game of the year, and they're like, No, we can't do the spread anymore. Well, they they <laughs> I, I say not counting the FCS game because they beat Colgate 41 to 10. But otherwise it's been 28, 27, 27, 22, 16, 15, 14, 13. Definitely 12 next week. Yikes. Right, let's get the field. They had no field goals, so they're due for four next week. They're due for four. A couple more shout outs. <laughs> LSU storms the field because they beat Alabama. Woman in a walker storms the field. Hell yeah. You if get you it. Shout in. out to LSU for having accessible field storming. Like this. There we go. Yeah. I'm very much here for this. So basically they, they're going to get fined another $250,000 for this. So it's in fine. the past Shaq two will weeks, pay for it. I'm saying the past the past two weeks, uh, I think uh, the Honey Badger, uh, Tarhan Matthew was like, yeah. hey, just let me know if you need help with the fines. Yep. Uh, and, and so they're like replying to the tweets with the people storming the field. They're like, whatever. Uh, if you zoom in on the lady with the walker storming the field, zoom in. There's there's somebody in a wheelchair storming the field. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
hell yeah, accessible LSU field stormings. Right. Some FCS shout outs. Shout out to Mississippi Valley State. They won their first game of the year and beat and beat Alabama AM in a very convincing fashion. Super happy for the Delft Devils. Yeah, that was great. I mean, they were 0-8. I mean, they fought hard the game before that, but really they won the game. I think there was the guy, Ben Chase, who's going to like all these games on a road yeah. trip, was actually at this game. He was. Uh, he posted some videos of uh, the Mississippi Valley State fans. One guy was going crazy on uh, with the tambourine. It was yeah, tambourine, yeah. The tambourine man was just going nuts. And then at the end, he just threw the tambourine up. And then it fell, and you can see, like, you know, some girls running out the way of the tambourine, which was fantastic. Uh, I think Ben said that they, they were playing intramural, like, flag football games on the same field after, yeah, after that the game, game was over. Yeah. yeah he's, which he, is, he said, watch some of the. Some, you know. And as we learned this year, thanks to Blue, we all we know now where um, Itabena. What's it, how do you pronounce it? Itabena, Mississippi. Itabena, Mississippi, where yes. the school is. Know where that is now. So congratulations, Delta Devils. That's awesome. Uh, also, this was a color versus color jersey game that oh, looked yeah. sharp as hell. Yes. Mississippi Valley State has green and red like Christmas colors, and it looks great. Sad face for my for my Wagner Seahawks. They ran into the the buzzsaw of, st- of the Stonehill Skyhawks. They ran into the 10. propeller. Yeah. Of the Skyhawks. Do you know what game I didn't look at? Did LIU win? LIU did win. They beat Central Connecticut State. Two in a row for the Sharks. The Sickos game of the week, the FCS Sickos. uh, The Robert Morris, Bob Morris. uh, The Colonials. Bobby Moe. Bobby Bobby Moe. Shout out Bobby Moe. And they they played Charleston Southern, the Buccaneers. Charleston Southern went out to a 20-0 lead. I'm like, oh, God, Bobby Moe. Help me out. Then they were like showing that the quarterback for Bobby Moe, like he was overcoming cancer and they showed his parents and then, Hey, then Robert Morris, they came back. It was 20 to 14. I'm like, Oh, come on. Let's do it. Bobby Moe, get your first win. And then all of a sudden uh, it fell apart again. There were so many turnovers in this game. There was like one interception that Charleston Southern made was just like amazing. It was, it was like one where it was like tipped up three or four times like Charleston Southern made the pick and then the guy reacting like his teammate reacting to it was just like celebrating and just standing still when the, the guy who made the interception was ready to return it. And so he was like, yes, I got the, he made the interception. And then like, it was like a delay of like two or three seconds when he started running. He was like, Oh crap, I need the block. Uh, so <laughs> It was great. And we got shouted out on the, uh, the, the game. I mean, it was a fantastic game. It was fun to watch. Bobby Moe, we got it. we're cheering you guys on. Hopefully you can get a win. Charleston Southern's got two wins now. Bobby Moe's got – they got some shots later. We'll be watching them in the preview. So hopefully hopefully Robert Morris, they, they can definitely get a win this year. We we don't want anybody winless this year. So that's yeah. – you know, Western Illinois, they had to play North Dakota State. So maybe they'll find another, someone easier. Yeah. We think there's only two FCS teams. So we don't want anybody winless this year. We want everybody with a win. If Colorado right. got a win, you can too. There we That's go. Right. And Commissioner already shouted this game out, but uh, we had a snow game. Montana, Montana leveled Cal Poly, but it was a in a driving blizzard. We love to see that on November 5th. Like that's, It was beautiful. It's great. I mean, it was awesome. Like the first like play of the game, like Montana was like ranked and Cal Poly was like one in seven. So it wasn't like uh, going to be close. And you feel bad for the Cal Poly kids just playing in the snow, but they seem to love it. 
And, and again, the best part about the game is just the, the snow. And then every time somebody gets tackled, they slide for like five to 10 mm-hmm. yards. And you can just see the streaks uh, of them sliding in the snow. So it was great. There was like shirtless guys, guys being dudes of the week in Montana. And the, and yeah. in the uh, commentators, they're like big sky commentators. They're like, you know, it is snowing, but it really isn't that cold. So, you know, them being shirtless is not that bad. And, and me just looking at myself right now, <laughs> like, no, that's cold. <laughs> it's snowing. I'm not, I am mm-hmm. not going shirtless at a game, but I don't live in Montana. So I am sure I am definitely not used to it at this point. Yeah, I was just about to ask, uh, as the the northerner in the group, like, what what are your experiences with snow thus far, either of you? So, so I did go to college in New Hampshire. Okay, so fair enough. I, I did snow. I, I've done football games in snow. I've been very, very cold. My the the best snow game I remember was sitting in the stands, and like having snowdrifts. Like I was in the band, and the snowdrifts like pushing up against you. Because it's blowing snow that hard, you end up with like a snowdrift on your side. That was beautiful. Yeah, me with snow, really not too much snow, but we would get the really, really cold weather in New Orleans. Like we would get to like, like nineteen with like winds. Um, oh so nineteen with the winds. I know you're just like, yeah, that's whatever. way worse. That's way worse. No, I was outside playing flag football. You know, in nineteen, and then we had the crazy freeze where it was like six. Mm-hmm in san antonio and then we lost all power so i mean i'm talking about my house was snowed in like i I, it was tough to even get out my dad's from pittsburgh so i've I've dealt with snow i've been to like aliquippa pennsylvania Mm -hmm. where it was like snowed in and like like at least like i think like 30 36 inches 40 inches of snow i've been in that before but like you know i i couldn't even imagine taking off my shirt in that and just watching a football game for the entirety shirtless. Yeah. Like I maybe, maybe I'll take off the shirt, whatever, do the polar bear plunge in Lake Michigan, as I mentioned on the previous pod, but like do that. And then immediately like, you know, I, I did do something in, in Monroe when it was like 20 degrees outside and, and jumped into the Washita river, um, you know, naked, but whatever. Uh, yeah. So that, that was, uh, that was oh, something yeah, we, that we've been there. We've, We've all been there, done that, 20, 20 degrees, and, and immediately, like, I seriously, like, the water just, like, knocked all of my wind out. Oh, my God, that's, it's so that, cold. That's, that's why when they do polar bear plunges, they tie a rope to you. Yes, but, you know, I was right so on. When your body goes okay. into shock, yes. they can pull you out. I had, I, it was, uh, there was, like, four guys right next to me. It's fine. It's the, uh, same as a, it's the same as a safety line. Four guys. So, let's talk about some of our favorite punts of the week, because we had some good punts this week. Pitt. Had a two-yard punt that yes. just sort of went. We had an Illinois line drive putt. What did it actually hit? Did it hit his butt? Okay. So, like, initially when I looked at it, it looked like it hit his butt. Like, there's, like, the three punt protectors. Yeah. And it yeah, looked yeah. like it hit his butt. But, like, the guy's hand was touching the other lineman. And it was, like, almost touching, you know, like, his side or his hip. So it looked like it hit his hand or his or his like, you know, lower back area, I guess, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I I called it a butt punt. But after review, I think it was more of the hand, not butt action. But like that, that didn't even make it past the line of scrimmage. That helped Michigan State beat Illinois. I'll just say that. The other one of the other punts was I I don't know who I, I wish I knew who the gunner was. But man, Georgia. 77 yard punt against Tennessee. Beautiful. And dude, 
leapt for it and got it at the one and just absolutely killed it. It was so good. That punt was great also because my entire Twitter timeline was just people talking about how good the punt was. Mm -hmm. And that is art. They were like, not fair. It's not fair. George has got a good punter too. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to jump back to the two yard pit punt real quick. Two yard pit punt was in part because of bad snap. The punter did a hell of a job even getting the punt off. Mm-hmm. So credit to him for that. But it's also worth noting that Pitt played three different punters during the game for no real reason. Uh, Cam Guess and Sam Vanderhaar and third punt. Oh, um, Caleb Junko, who is the one who did the uncalled fake punt during the FCS game earlier this season. All of them took punts. It was Junko, I think, that got off the two-yard punt and did a good job with that. Uh, but moving forward, can we please just start Sam Vanderhaar? Thank you. I want you guys to look at this punt. I said put it in the Discord. This is Valparaiso and St. Thomas. Valparaiso. Valparaiso. I want you to watch this punt and tell me what happened here. Oh, I remember this play. The, the pioneer, oh, I saw this like, wacky. Yeah, this one. Yeah, I remember this. This is great. So this is this is my favorite punt. Yeah, that was they were the the best of punts and and, and they were the worst of punts. But but this one was great. Like since the other team touched it, they realized that they could lateral it wherever they wanted to go, and they tried this random lateral play, which was very heady, but it looks hilarious. Like and and, and what and this was this was clearly you know late in the fourth quarter, you know a last minute attempt to score right no, no this was like in the third like with five minutes left in the third and the it team was... that did this was up by 20 yep Kamesh, tell me about clock commander all right so clock commander of the week we have a few nominees here one i don't necessarily know if they qualify and then the other one i was like i don't necessarily know if it qualifies either so these are two that i, I we're gonna have to make a call here so the first nominee is utep's coach uh dana dimmel there was a timeout before a punt in the third quarter. So this is the second half. He does that. Then there's a timeout after receiving a kickoff in the third quarter. So they go out, uh, they get the kickoff, and they're not ready for the first play of the first drive. And then another timeout on offense with uh, on a second and 10 with four minutes and 44 seconds left in the game. I don't necessarily know if you want to put this on the coach or not. I do. But it. It seems like it was a coaching issue, but mm-hmm. to lose all of your timeouts for really like non-important situations in a game that you had to have to remain bowl eligible—that's why. Uh, that's, that's why. That's a big one there. That's yeah. That in is this, like the a second half. Yeah. Yeah, that's a programmatic coaching issue in the same way that Pitt needing to take a timeout on like the second play at the beginning of the game was also an issue. Yes. But it was the first half, so it's not clock commander quality. It's a it's an intern coach for the other nominee. We talked about him. It's Cadillac Williams. So there's 33 seconds left in the game. They have two timeouts left. And Mississippi State's setting up for a field goal to tie. So really, if you think about it, Auburn... Could get the kickoff back. We know what happened with the kickoff. They kicked it off the up man. So, you know, again, whatever. Hindsight's twenty twenty. He he tries to ice the Mississippi State kicker twice with 33 seconds left. The kicker still makes the kick. No big deal. And it's tied 33-33. I don't know if I want to give it to Cadillac Williams because... No, we're giving it to Dana Demo. We're giving it to Dana yeah. Demo. Okay. 
So some of this is me being an Auburn fan, but there is a there is I think a little bit of a logical case for Cadillac having done that, and that is because Mississippi State's offense being the way that it is, Mississippi Mississippi State's kicker had only kicked like three field goals all season. Yeah. So it's not out of the realm of possibility to think that icing the kicker might actually be effective in this time period of time. Losing your three timeouts on like really not, useless things, Dimmel gets not that. great. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so I guess Dana Dimmel, UTEP's coach, we, we have to give you the clock commander of the week. We right. hope you miraculously get a bowl game. Congratulations. Oh. The clock commander trophy weighs zero pounds. Exactly. We don't have a trophy. Go. That's right. Pick girl, you got anything else for this week? I do not. It is midnight Eastern. And as I said at the top of the show, I was in Massachusetts this morning. So head empty. No thanks. Anything else? Nothing. Uh, really, we just did our Sickos uh, college basketball poll oh yeah uh, this that's right. week. and so look out at sickos cbb which is uh it's in our profile the normal sickos committee uh if you do follow college basketball whatsoever we have an account we have some tweeters on that they they follow the the sport very well and uh we got a lot of responses we're going to tabulate the votes and hopefully we can get the graphic out tomorrow depending yep. on our, our recreational spreadsheeters availability. I know it was a little bit uh, rushed in that because we had the November poll, but again, appreciate everything, but they also, were also, but also all complaints can be directed to at big game, big boomer. game boomer. That's boomer. right. Send it to big game. Also guys follow us on Instagram at sickos committee. I'm going to start the YouTube channel up at least post the podcast on there this week. So when Twitter immolates or doesn't, you will still be able to find us. We will be in the ether somewhere. There will always be sickos, Twitter or not. Namaste. We have a subreddit. We have an Instagram. We have uh, we have a Substack. We have you know this. There's many. I'm gonna get. On, I'm gonna get on TikTok and Snapchat now. I'm gonna <laughs> be. A, I'm gonna be a 39 year old guy on on TikTok, which basically means I'm on a list somewhere. I'm too old for TikTok. So. I'm gonna. I'm gonna floss. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pop a. What's the? I'm gonna. I'm gonna dab and floss, guys. But dude, that was like four years ago, I think. Does this song slap? Does this song slap kids? How do you do, fellow kids? How do you do, fellow kids? Good night, everyone. Good night.